Good morning. Good Monday morning and uh, welcome uh, back to our podcast, um, Monday Morning Talks. I'm here with Mark and uh, it's President's Day. We finished our series yesterday on changed lives and we were looking at the encounter that Nicodemus had with Jesus in John chapter 3. So Mark, uh, this was your sermon and I don't want to necessarily hijack um, your message or I, I really hopefully we can complement that in conversation and stuff. But what, you know, in preparation or even in preaching yesterday, was there anything that you felt like, man, um, I wish we could have talked about that more. I want to talk and say more about that or, uh, well, this series, all these texts have been fairly lengthy. And so <clears throat> I think it's part of the reason we started this podcast so we could address some of the holes or some of the things we didn't talk about. And yeah, uh, there were a few things that uh, we could have talked about, I could have talked about. And one was leading into chapter three with Nicodemus. In chapter two, has an interesting couple of verses right before the Nicodemus uh, passage. He says, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. And we know that's why Nicodemus, part of the reason he came, says, hey, we know the miracles you do show evidence that God is with you. But back in chapter two, it says, but Jesus did not trust them because he knew human nature. Those who were believing, trusting in him because of miracles, Jesus didn't trust them. And then it says, no one needed to tell Jesus what mankind is really like. Well, duh, of course, that's true. But uh, it's just interesting. That leads right into the Nicodemus who comes kind of based on his miracles. And, uh, of course, Jesus doesn't even address the miracle aspect. He just goes into being born of the water and the spirit and stuff like that. So that's kind of an interesting little lead-in. I thought of... uh, And of of the encounters we've talked about, is this the only one that there wasn't a miracle involved? You know, I think that's true. You know, Nicodemus that's is true. the only one of the four we've looked at where Jesus didn't do a yeah. miracle. Yeah. Literally too interesting. Nicodemus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I remember Dr. Strauss years ago used to say, and it's kind of true, but I don't think it's totally true. He would say, what you win them with is what you win them to. Mm-hmm. If you win them with parties and all that, well, you won them to parties. And I think there's kind of truth in that. If you if you come to Jesus because of the miracles you're going to receive, well, that's, what you, that's what you want from Jesus. And I think today uh, a modern uh, parallel to that would be the health and wealth gospel. Man, if I can get health and wealth by coming to Jesus, well, that's what I'm going to want from him. And so I want what Jesus can give me instead of wanting Jesus himself. Yeah. And sometimes well, those get... Get a little crowd. For whatever reason, the 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 miracle that sticks out to me the most when it comes to that kind of thing, and and Jesus even responding to it was the feeding. Yeah, you know when they come back the next day. Yeah, and he's just like, no. Yeah, <laughs> and that leads into the whole bread of life conversation and stuff. But Maybe I mean, it actually says that at at the end of that, uh, what is that chapter? five or something of John, but you know, Jesus actually says at the end of it, he says, or Jesus doesn't say it. John says it, but that 
a significant number of the disciples left him that yeah. day because he didn't do it. Yeah. Again, it's just kind of interesting uh, how he tracks the crowds and then he offends them. And yeah. Uh, there's another little thing I didn't mention yesterday. Uh, he comes to Jesus and says, we know it's not, I know. And so there, there's some other, something, maybe he had some disciples. Some people say maybe there are even some disciples with him that night, that, that night. Uh, I think it's more, he's speaking on behalf of some other Pharisees, maybe some other Sanhedrin. We know, you know, but we're going to be secret about it because of the, the cost of being, I kind of wonder if Joseph of Arimathea was one of those. Uh, and it said later, Joseph Marathea believed, but he kept it secret. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there's more than just Nicodemus involved in this. And, and then the other thing, and I didn't want to get into it, but it's, it's kind of instructive. We have the Trinity in John 3. He just talks about the Spirit, be born in water and the Spirit. And then he talks about uh, the sun being lifted up like the snake lifted up that you did your communion meditation. And then, of course, we have God so loved the world. So we, we actually have the Trinity in that passage as well. Those are a few things I didn't bring up that I thought eh, probably could have gone with some of those, but I'm limited in time. You only give me 20, 25 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're, you, I, I feel more pressure on the time than I feel like you should. Yeah. I, I probably tend <clears throat> to be a little more comfortable talking longer. And yeah. I think it's harder for me maybe say. than it is for you <laughs> to stay in that time constraint. Yeah. I'm, it shouldn't be a constraint, but it is for me. So anyway, one of the things I, I, I really wanted to kind of continue to talk about some from the sermon or, or, you know, ask you to kind of expand on. And I feel like we can <clears throat> some conversationally, but so Nicodemus, it says right at the beginning of the, the text, I think in verse one, he's a ruler of the Jews, mm-hmm. you know, so he's a, I mean, he's pretty well off as far as what he does. You know, he's a Pharisee, he's a member of the Sanhedrin. And I was looking into that some, you know, only 70 people in all of Israel um, would have had his role. Right. So we're talking about an elite group of people here. He would have been very educated. Yeah. And and honestly, his life's work was to know and enforce God's law. He had made that his his career. His he had given his life to it. And so for Jesus to say to to Nicodemus then, you know, I, I think it's interesting we didn't bring it up. Um, we talked about a son with the woman in the, at the well, you know, she came in the middle of the day because that was, you know, that's that she was coming to the well because of, of the way she felt. Why is Nicodemus coming at night? Cause Nicodemus yeah. is probably of all of these people. He's the one who could have approached Jesus in public and it not been weird. He could have, he yeah. could have approached Jesus at any time at any point of the day and it wouldn't have been at what, but he comes in the night, you know, and it, it hints yeah. at what you were saying about Joseph of Arimathea. Like there was a little bit of a, a rub there mm-hmm. trying to stay a little bit secretive. The, there was a yeah. threatening aspect to it. And, and Jesus really goes in on that when he just says, look, 
unless you're born of the spirit, unless you're reborn, and that's kind of, you, you talked about that yesterday. Rebirth is the big piece here, but he says, yeah. you know, you won't see the kingdom. And, you know, my thoughts with that is like, gosh, uh, if you would have just flat out asked Nicodemus, Nicodemus, do you think you're going to see the kingdom of God? Oh, hundred percent. Sure. Absolutely. Like I've given my life he was right with God. to yeah. being right with God and enforcing his law. Yeah. Um, but you made a statement as you, as your sermon developed, uh, it, it was probably somewhere I would say like right at the hinge point of your sermon, right toward the middle of your sermon. You, you kind of talked about this, this concept of like, man, what is it that we, we chase after or go after that leaves us you remember exactly yeah. how you said it kind of, it was a question you it was put kind of filling in the blank for me to be completely fulfilled yeah complete joy what would it take yeah you know what would it take and there's a dis it, it, you know i was thinking as you were talking like this discontentment that you were kind of getting restlessness at, this yeah. restlessness that exists and yeah that that's really what i wanted to talk some about today like so I'll start on a personal level. Okay. How would you fill in that blank? <laughs> Here's what is the one thing separating you from fulfillment? I just found it here. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's the void in your life? And uh, as we go through life, I think there's different things. Well, when I graduate, yeah, you know, then things are going to be better. Maybe not fulfilled, but at least better. When I get married or when the kids come or kids leave. <laughs> So there's different points of that, but there's never total fulfillment. Is well, and like I point. and the reason I was asking you, like on a personal level, because I'm just thinking, like for a lot of people my age, I think what maybe the one piece that uh, a lot of people in the season of life that I'm in, that a lot of the, I think a lot of my age group would say retirement. Well, you know what I mean? And so I was yeah. wondering from your perspective, yeah. Good question. I was going to say, you know what I mean? That. Like, what yeah. at, at your season of life? I'm not asking just for you. Obviously, you hopefully you would say Jesus, but <laughs> but but I mean, <laughs> like, what do you perceive to be the thing? You know, like, yeah. If you weren't a Jesus follower, like, wh- what would you be leaning into that you think? Well, would, or what would answer that for you? Big thing today is family, of course. You know, family is very important. Uh, but man, family without Jesus, it just would be. Kind of what's the point of anything, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, on the retirement thing, I do remember looking forward to retirement, saving for, and, you know, just, boy, just can't wait to get there. And people would say, man, retirement, you're going to love it. It's wonderful and all that. And to be honest, I do enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy the part-time role here. There's a lot more, even, less stress. Even though you're not on a beach somewhere, but you're I'm here not on a beach. Snow. Yeah, I mean, I we're looking at it. Yeah. Ellen the likes the beach. Here. I'm not so much. I'm more... I, I like the mountains. But anyway, yeah. and uh, retirement's not the end all. Yeah. I mean, it, it's fine. It's good. It's it's a good time of life. Uh, but other times of life has its good points and bad time. You know, the bad thing about retirement, you're getting older, your body's getting older, and there there is no complete fulfillment in this life. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. And, and I think that's why there's so much depression and anxiety and stuff like that. And there's other reasons for it too, but we we want this American dream, which is almost heaven. We want heaven now. I don't even know that. I, 
I feel like maybe more than ever we've confused what even the American dream is. Well, that's because we've got a younger generation right now that aren't chasing that immediately. What are they chasing? I think like well, and and that 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 gets kind of segues into like you know <clears throat> for me thinking about this, I was like, man, what's a good what really illustrates Nicodemus here mm-hmm. in our world today? You know, because this guy has gone all in yeah. to what he does. Yeah. And Jesus just rocks the whole thing, just blows it up saying, it's not enough. You're not enough. Yeah. The, unless you're born of the spirit, it's the spirit that makes you enough. What every, and, and so I'm just thinking like, man, what I think that maybe one of the most pressure filled things like that, that we do is just that transition from high school and you know, we've got all this pressure deciding what am I going to go to school for? Yeah. What am I going to spend thousands of dollars and years of my life to do for the rest of my life? And then honestly, I think the, what, what this moment is like for Nicodemus is, is the person who spends, you know, potentially six figures, and four to five years of their life and then gets into that career and goes, Oh man, I don't, yeah. I don't know if I want to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think. And so you've gone all in to this, like you put so yeah. much into preparing for it. And then, yeah. and then you realize like, kind of like you were saying, the fulfillment's just not there. Like, and so gosh, like that's a devastating and it creates a fear in us. Like you're saying, I mean, the anxiety and depression of that and, you know, it's it's debilitating almost to go, well, I'm supposed to know, I'm supposed to make this huge, massive decision. And what if I make the wrong one? <laughs> yeah. Well, Nicodemus situation is even more serious because we're talking about eternity and, you know, kingdom of God and stuff. And it's like he... To use the old analogy, he's climbing the ladder, and then he finds out the ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. And uh, Jesus just exposes all that. And which, by the way, later on in John three, he talks about being the light. Of course, Jesus brings light, and he exposes things in our own lives. And uh, anyway, the Nicodemus study was really, really. Uh, I requested this. <laughs> And I really enjoyed it uh, because he is so much like us, and more so than the other three, I thought. Mm-hmm. He's, he's pretty well off. And most people in our, we got struggles, everybody got struggles, but you know we're pretty well off with education and money and yeah. things like that. He doesn't come to Jesus with a de- as desperate a need. Yeah, desperate's the word, yeah. You know, as we see with, with some of the other people, but... But in reality, I think what Jesus exposes is like a like a leveling of the playing field, I guess. Yeah. Of of exposing to Nicodemus exactly. that like actually you're as desperate as the woman as the well. woman at the well, yeah. as the blind man. Yeah. You know, yeah. as the man at the pool, like because you're you're, you're absent of me. Yeah. You're absent of the spirit. And we see it in the church here. The people who are going through a really hard time seem to be more open to what God is doing in their lives or open to where Jesus might be leading them. Sure. If everything's going well, 
And I kind of alluded to that yesterday. What do I need Jesus for? I'm, everything's good. We set ourselves up for that season to come, I think. You know, like, honestly, because where I'm at, you know, like, I think what happens is, man, um, as, as young families, even at times, we put everything into the the parenting role. We put everything into, like you said, family. Yeah. And so uh, whether or not that becomes the sports thing, yeah. you know, the at other churches I've been at in the past, the show choir thing or the whatever it is, like we just yeah. something something takes over to we want to set our kids up for that. Yeah. And we want and, them to find and so we and, yeah. and honestly, well, I've noticed because I've lived through it with some even elders, um, others that I've been in, even in leadership with like, man, there's a, there's a, uh, a day coming where you empty nest and realize like, Oh, I made that everything. Yeah. And, and now what do I do? Yeah. You know? And and it went, and then the, on the flip side, you think about it from kids' perspective, and it's just like, oh, mom and dad did everything, and now what do I do? And so we've we've kind of set each other up for this like train wreck, where we realize like, oh, that wasn't everything I thought it was. Uh, you know, we were just talking to uh, an older mother uh, just this morning about this. And she said, you know, our kids were in sports and all that. And then when it's over, you thought, what was the big deal? Why was that such a big deal? Mm -hmm. You know, you real it's not, it shouldn't be numero uno. You know, I think, and I, if I were to give any parenting advice, I'd do, I, I would give the advice that when my mom and dad did, they said, we don't care what direction you go, you know, vocationally or anything like that. You know, you know what, we want you to find your, your niche, but you keep Christ first. And that has to be the the guiding the guiding light for us. And when parents lose that, I, you know, that's what's that's when you find out it, it wasn't worth it. So, yep. Well, and 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 some of what you and I talked about this morning that you know, if we you really dig into that, then and we heard that this weekend. You know, I'll put in a little plug here, but we went to the church leaders conference at Lincoln and yeah. um, which was very well done, you know, great speakers, great Mark Scott, Brian oh, Lowry. Yeah, it was good. Andrew Fitzgibbon. Fitz did an, an awesome job. Yeah. And, you know, but, but one of the things that was kind of put before us is just this leadership pipeline that's starting to run dry. Yeah. And even that factors into this conversation, like Trevor, was just here, our worship leader, before we started recording. And I, and I was talking with him, and he and I kind of have experienced it in opposite ways. So coming out of high school, man, I just, I had other plans. I had other things in place um, to try to maybe follow in my dad's footsteps with the military and other things. And I felt like I disappointed my family and even got a little bit of pressure that like, you're going to do this ministry thing full time, but like, you're not going to be able to make a living doing that. You're not going to be able to provide for your family. Like we want you to. And, you know, so all this stuff we're talking about played into that, like that making an occupation out of 
ministry is not a good idea, you know? And it was just like, I think some of those obstacles early on are what strengthened my resolve even to my calling to some degree, you know, but on the flip side, then you, someone like Trevor, you know, and he's telling us like, and I felt like I maybe kind of disappointed my family because I didn't. Didn't go into ministry. You know, I think maybe my mom and my grandma would have liked that to happen and and I didn't, but you know, so he in a non-traditional way, he's come back to that now. Yeah. And 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 in some ways, like I look at that and I've I've watched that. I've I've had students leave presidential scholarships at universities to go into ministry full time. I've I've watched, you know, someone like Trevor yeah. leave his career. In education to to yeah. go all in to, to ministry and you know we don't I don't know that we emphasize that enough in the church I I'm certain we don't well I'm certain that we don't put that calling in front of students yeah. as much as we should we don't champion it as much as we should and, and and maybe maybe it is because like a little bit of the American dream finds its way into the church i i know that it does but you know just this this idea that like man what 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 greater call really could there be you know than than completely following jesus in obedience and that doesn't mean occupational ministry right necessarily but you know that that's really what Jesus is setting up here. He says it three times. I, that, I pick up on that just reading through the text a couple times. Mm-hmm. Three times Jesus said responds to or says to Nicodemus, "Truly, truly, yeah, truly." Like he's trying to get his attention. Yeah, and and actually, um, two the first two times he says "truly, truly," uh, he says "unless." So it's almost ultimatum based yeah he says truly truly unless you yeah follow me you're not gonna see the king Um, truly truly unless you you make this well and for nicodemus it was gonna be a tough decision we don't know if he actually did follow jesus or not for we've speculated again we can go ahead and put that out there we're on opposite sides of the speculation yeah you're more optimistic no, you're more. I'm less optimistic. Yeah, you're less optimistic. You're optimistic that I think he actually did. followed Jesus after this encounter. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little less optimistic that yeah. it might. Now, I think ultimately he did, and we see that at the end of John. You know, he's with Joseph of Arimathea making burial arrangements. Yeah, but I, <clears throat> and maybe it's just because of my love of a good story. <laughs> like I love the the story of this slow progression for Nicodemus of, man, I'm on the, he's on the fence for sure. But everything that he would have experienced, you know, if he's in the Sanhedrin, then he'd have been there when they put Jesus on trial. He'd have been present for all of the passion week experiences and the flogging. And, you know, he'd have been there to know, wait, we've got these two criminals who absolutely, if justice is served, should be on that cross. And we're putting the innocent guy, like he's there. He yeah. sees all of that. And then he's with Joseph. I, I I, don't know. I like the story of then maybe he's having flashbacks of this encounter as all that's going on. And then, going, and then he sees Jesus on the cross and goes, oh, 
the son of man lifted up and the, ah, the serpent yeah. on a stick and like yeah. maybe it was a light bulb conversion um, you know but that's all speculation yeah it's not it necessarily there there is tradition that says he did follow christ got kicked out of the sanhedrin which which would have happened uh but again we don't know yeah so anyway it was a great study i appreciate the opportunity to get to preach once a month that's great retirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I mean, I just really, I like that we got to lean into this conversation a little bit because yeah, those heart wrestlings are a big deal. And I think even the wrestlings that, that we're talking about, we naturally have, you know, like I really, I want to, I want to champion that for people better. You know, I want us to be better at, Man, how can we help people who really are on the fence be all in yeah. and make these, these choices and decisions that say, man, yeah. uh, the only way I will find fulfillment is in the spirit, is in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark. Thanks for your sermon. And uh, next week we start a new series. Um, light and dark. Um, and really, I think it's a good transition. We talked about yeah. light and darkness with Nicodemus. We talked yeah. about it some even last week. Last week yeah. um, and so with the blind man and, and Jesus yeah. having that conversation. So now we're just going to go, we're going to go in on that and talk about it for a good. few weeks. So looking yeah. forward to it. Hope everybody has a great week. Uh, yeah. Thanks for, for being a part of our conversation.